0: your motivation your inspiration for those who are business leaders on the call as i am was not i want to get into business ownership i want to be a ceo so i can fire people what inspired you was the impact i know that's what inspired me what inspired you was to live on your own term what inspired you was wow I can make this amount of money build this amount of legacy and now this is going to be able to set my family up so I can do X, Y, and Z nothing in that probably read so I can fire people that probably came down the line like oh I have to potentially let people go oh this person isn't producing I have to oh I didn't think of this unless you were doing the work prior to develop and prepare yourself for this role What's up guys and welcome to another episode of Internal Fire. And on today's episode, I want to talk about the soft skill of empathy. Have you ever heard of the importance of having that as a leader? Is that a skill that we're losing while we are in this virtual space? A lot of you all are working in these dynamics where you're not seeing your team members as often as you were before where communication is different because you're working from home and you're working in these virtual environments. And now that interpersonal relationship looks different. Now the communication looks different. Now the connection is different. So when news is being delivered or decisions are being made, that is no longer a factor or it's not as important as it was before. So why is it important? Why do we need to have it? And why do we need to pay attention to the empathy factor more now than we were before? So let's talk about it and why we need that in 2022 and beyond. So get your notepads, your note-taking materials, and let's get into today's message.
1: If you're on this call, you are part of the unlucky group being laid off. Your employment here is terminated, effective immediately. It's been a really, really challenging decision to make. I've This is the second time in my career I'm doing this and I do not, do not want to do this. The last time I did it, I cried. Um, this time I hope to be stronger, but we are laying off about 15% of the company. You gotta market, be kidding me! The market has changed, as you know, and uh, we have to move with it in order to survive. You're gonna get an email from HR at better. and your benefits. We're all U.S. employees. We're this providing is not four not real. Weeks oh my God! I can't believe this one month of full benefits, and two months oh. of COBRA, for which we will pay the premium. Oh, Thank no, you for each and every one of your individual me. contributions to Better. I wish the news was different. I wish we were thriving I can't enthusiastically this. as we were oh. at the beginning of this year.
0: What you just listened to was the CEO of Better.com, who basically let go of about 900 or 900 plus employees from his company. Now we know that layoffs are, they happen. This is something that could potentially occur. A lot of companies took a major hit due to COVID. There are companies that are still being affected by a multitude of different things. So layoffs are happening. They're still occurring on a regular basis. However, the approach has been what has been the, topic of conversation. So I don't want to focus on the controversy of it. I don't want to make this into let's talk about the, 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 um, the negative aspects of it. But I do want to focus on what we can learn. And I do believe that this CEO could learn a lot of lessons. And I hope that is what's going to happen from this. Because if if the goal and the intent is for him to continue to run and it looks like his business and continue to focus on um, endeavors where it comes to um, managing and leading a company that there is some development that's going to be required moving forward. So essentially, you know, within the conversation, you know, he informs him that this is the second time in his career that he's doing this. And um, in reading this New York Post article that I gathered so many different layers of the story and there's been so many different uh, layers of it and changes that have occurred since it initially came out. It's just so many different dynamics and things that we can extract from it. So he shared the market has changed. Right. So in this post article, it says the 43 year old said. That the market has changed and that the company had to slim down to remain nimble enough to adapt to the evolving housing market. Because Better.com is, you know, that the company is related to, um, um, you know, the housing market. And um, so a lot of it is related to, you know, that piece of um, that industry specifically. Okay, so uh, so back to it, Um, adapt, uh, evolving, um, excuse me, to remain nimble enough to adapt to the evolving housing market, which appears to be cooling after a pandemic boosted boom, though Garg, which is his last name, (laughs) didn't mention on the call that the company's seven hundred and fifty million dollar cash infusion it got from investors last week. So it's highlighting that although the layoffs occurred, that the company was able to obtain 750 million, excuse me, $750 million of cash. Um, Insider reported that Garg addressed the rest of the company's employees shortly after the layoffs were announced, saying we should have done this three months ago. Whew. I'm gonna pause right there. I'm gonna pause. Write that note. Leaders, write that note. We should have done this three months ago. Write that note down. The reason why is because I think of preparation. I think of tact. I think of, because as we explore these, I want you to really pay attention to what have, it might have. there might've been nothing that could have prevented the layoffs or maybe they could have been. I did this in one of my classes in my master's program where we discussed a company that had to lay off individuals. And the intent was, okay, how could we go about Navigating these layoffs, while also considering because this company had a DEI issue that came up, so um, that came up when they did a EO inspection, so they had to consider that when they were doing layoffs, so they didn't target or or it didn't seem like they were targeting a specific population of individuals from uh, a racial group or from a um, specific ethnicity or from uh, from any type of group specifically at all um, that hi- was highlighted as a minority in the company. So we threw out different, um, potentially different options of them navigating that um, layoff. So as, as we're talking about this, I want you to highlight, okay, what could have been done prior to it. So note the fact that this could have been done three months ago. But again, the biggest thing is the empathy, the empathy in this conversation, because you just told 900 individuals that they were losing their positions. And then later on in the conversation, you informed them, we could have told you this three months ago. Dagger. So, continue on the article, he said he added just half an hour after the firings that he was trying to create Better 2.0 with a leaner, meaner, hungrier workforce. Another dagger. The company had hired the wrong people and had lost 100 million the previous quarter he went on. The CEO was later outed as the anonymous author of a scathing blog post that slammed Better.com employees on the professional network blind. <sighs> it gets worse. You guys know that at least 250 of the people terminated were working an average of two hours a day while clocking eight hours plus a day in the payroll system, the father of three. Well, that doesn't matter, right? You don't have to worry about that piece. They were stealing from you and stealing from our customers who pay the bills that pay our bills. Get educated, he added. Gar confirmed to Fortune that he was the author of the Searing Post. So it was confirmed, right? Garg reportedly has built a reputation for having high expectation and punishing employees over tiny infractions. Office managers were once reportedly criticized for failing to keep the mini-fridge stock with Fiji and Perrier water. Perrier. Perrier. <laughs> Why do we have biscotti here like this? He once um, demanded of office managers. In another email obtained by Forbes last year, Garg wrote... You are too damn slow. You are a bunch of dumb dolphins, and dumb dolphins get caught in nets and eaten by shark eaten by sharks. So stop it, stop it, stop it right now. This is all ca- in all caps. You are embarrassing me. Mm. Visual Garg. At the same time, the Daily Beast reported earlier this year that one of his deputies, Alana Noller, was given huge stock options that vested immediately $8,000 per month for two homes and other perks. Despite the favorable treatment, Nurlo was eventually placed on administrative leave for bullying. <laughs> right? And I'm sure the reason why these articles are are highlighting, you know, the $750 million, $750 million, you know, uh, aspect and what the deputy received, because again, they're looking at it from the lens of, okay, you, you fired 900 individuals, you mentioned that, you know, a, a potential financial hit, however, you know, you have this other side where, hey, you receive this large sum of money and then you have someone in this role that is receiving, you know, X amount of dollars. So I'm sure that is the intent of it. Right. But again, we're looking at the pieces of, I want us to look at the empathy factor. I want us to look at the workplace culture factor. Right. I want us to look at the time frame. Right. What things could have been addressed prior because, again, there was a mention of I could have done this three months ago. Right. So I could have potentially been maybe preparing ahead of time that, you know, that that my position was going away. I could have been potentially looking for a position prior to now that could potentially have, you know, I could have potentially have had something. In ready and I could have been transitioning into another position by now. Just so many different things. The language, the culture, there was clearly some type of conflict that was happening. There was some work that was needed within that culture of that workplace before it led up to this. And even the blog post and the anonymous blog post that happened where Mm, even even after the, the the firing occurred, there was just more brutal attacks of the individuals. And again, say that was happening and individuals were clocking in time and they weren't fully working eight hours. Was it addressed? Was this something that was um discussed? How was it addressed prior? Right? Again, what were the things that occurred to address these issues before it got to this point? If there was an issue with performance, productivity, what could have happened? And even there was a message that went out once this kind of blew, blew up to apologize to the team. But this blog post just made it seem unreal. It didn't seem authentic. So following when this kind of, you know, it blew up. You know, there was an apologetic, apologetic email that went out. It said that, you know, that he wanted to apologize. I want to apologize for the way I handled the layoffs last week. I failed to show appropriate amount of respect and appreciation for the individuals who were affected for their con- contributions to better. I own the decision to the to do the layoffs, but in communicating it, I blunder the execution in doing so. I embarrassed you. I realize that the way I communicated this news made a difficult situation worse. I am deeply sorry, and I am committed to learning from this situation and doing more to be a better leader than you expected me to be. At Better, your dedication, focus, and expertise are essential in the vital work we are doing to unlock the value, joy, opportunity of home ownership for our customers across the country. I couldn't be more grateful for all you are accomplishing for the customers we serve. See, this language, this is the language that shows empathy, appreciation. This is the language that could have ushered in a a different vibe or a different feel. But even if this happened the day of the layoffs, if the culture was tainted before, would the individuals on the Zoom call even have felt that that was authentic? And please note, a lot of the um, individuals on the call, as mentioned in the articles I read, a lot of them did work virtually. So it wasn't the type of environment that maybe not everybody was available to be in an in-person situation. However, the delivery could have been different. And then again, the blog post happened following that. Confirmation, yes, that was me. So all those things unfortunately contradicted the apologetic message that went out following that. So many lessons in this. But this hasn't happened solely with Better. And again, this, this is the case study that is just lighting up the interwebs, the internet right now. But this has also happened in other aspects, in other companies. So there was also a mention of Uber doing the same thing. Uber lays off 3,500 employees. This is a Forbes article. And the, the headline, Uber lays off uh, 3,500 employees over a Zoom call. The way in which a company downsizes its staff says a lot about the organization. And this is an article from 2020. So, this has happened before. And in this article, it talks about how it announced that it was um, going to be laying off 3,500 employees, so even more than better. And it was going to represent about 14% of its workforce. But the approach in this aspect was also um, looked at as ineffective. Now this didn't blow up as much and who knows the culture of Uber and um, potentially it might have not been as damaged as the relationship and the culture with um, the workplace within um, better, but the, the, the approach was also questioned. How they went about it was questioned. How it could have been done differently was questioned. So it's so important that we consider those different aspects when we are approaching layoffs. It's so important. How we approach it considering the impact. And again, I always talk about the greatest assets are our team members. They are, they are instrumental in the success of a lot of companies. Yes, it's those faces, it's the CEO, it's the executives, it's so many different individuals, but they are also supporting that mission, that vision. They are also supporting the success of that company. So they do, and they should receive a level of respect and understanding, and and there should be a level of of grace when they're being let go, because this doesn't just impact them. You These are individuals who have families. These are individuals who have bills. These are individuals who are having to navigate a lot of different things when they lose a position. So there's a trickle effect that happens behind the scenes that might not impact that CEO or those deputies and so on, but it does have an, a, a major impact. And again, although layoffs are something that a company can't prevent because it's happening all over the place. Again, you have Uber, you have Airbnb. This is happening everywhere. It's just the tact and the approach of it. We have to consider that. We really do. So even in re- reading the one about Uber, Uber, um, to go into this one just a little bit more says this wasn't the first Zoom firing amidst the pandemic excuse me, amidst the pandemic. Uh the Verge previously detailed the circumstances surrounding the layoffs of employees at a at scooter sharing startup bird, which fired 406 employees in a harsh Black Mirror style, right? So this is like a whole nother company that's done it. And then the word harsh was utilized. The unsuspecting workers were asked to log in to a one-way Zoom call after being informed that all other appointments were canceled. A disembodied voice read a script informing the person that they were laid off. Their Slack and other accounts were shut off and given end dates. Now that is another layer of just cold. And that's why I started off the podcast asking the question if, you know, us being in these virtual spaces or what is it that has gotten us to the point where that interpersonal connection is lost? Is it uncomfortability? Is it this uncomfortable conversation that has us feared, fearing this interaction? Because no one, I'm sure no one signed up to be a business owner to fire people. Your motivation, your inspiration for those who are business leaders on the call, as I am, was not, I want to get into business ownership. I want to be a CEO so I can fire people. What inspired you was the impact. I know that's what inspired me. What inspired you? was to live on your own term. What inspired you was, wow, I can make this amount of money, build this amount of legacy, and now this is going to be able to set my family up so I can do X, Y, and Z. Nothing in that probably read so I can fire people. That probably came down the line like, oh, I have to potentially let people go. Oh, this person isn't producing. I have to. Oh, I didn't think of this unless you were doing the work prior to develop and prepare yourself for this role. Now I want to give another, another example of an effective tact because Airbnb, they did have to lay off individuals, but they did it in another way. And another article is titled Airbnb Lays Off 25% of Its Employees and they give a masterclass in empathy and compassion. So, same situation, same situation. They have to downsize 25% of their workforce in this case, so 25%. So, um, roughly 1,900 people out of the 7,500 total in their workforce. And this, again, this is a 2020 article. So this has been happening on a regular basis. And even in this article, it says Fair, fellow share economy unicorns such as Uber, Lyft, and WeWork have all announced plans for significant layoffs. So this, again, has been happening. This is happening everywhere. So at that time, Uber had shared this downsize of 20%. Lyft um, laid off about 1,000 people, about 17%. And then WeWork at that time, it had several thousands. And again, I spoke on WeWork and that was an episode many moons ago. So please go back and listen to that one uh, because that was done, uh, or that story had a lot of layers in another case study that we can learn a lot about leadership from. But how they approached it was a lot different, Airbnb specifically. There was a lot of thought, care, and effort in their approach. And although it didn't make it easy to deliver the information, it allowed, it really, the way the approach was, uh, was given or how they um, navigated that layoff showed that they really thought through how they were going to support these team members and these you know individuals that were going to transition, how they going to support them even as they were transitioning from this role. So in the article, it says, in a message to staff, Airbnb co-founder and CEO, Brian Chesky said, some some very sad news. Today, I must confirm that we are reducing the size of the Airbnb workforce. He then advised his employees that he will be transparent and offer details so that everyone is fully aware of what's happening. Pause. Transparency. I did a training on that for some time. Because the reality is... There are they're people who talk. There are people who might know what's going on or what's coming up. But even if they, they don't, there's some beauty in just being open and transparent and preparing individuals of what's happening. Preparation is so important. Yes, you can't prevent it from happening. But if you can just prepare people or give them an idea, just be open. And it allows individuals to inform their families, start preparing their resumes, Just even mentally get prepared of what's about to happen because that's a whole nother thing there. And again, I always think about the families attached, their loved ones attached, the bills attached, the mortgages attached, the private schools that are potentially attached. And although it's not your responsibility, that can really cause a downward spiral in, 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 in an individual's life. Life. So by providing them this information, it could really prepare them for that transition. So let's continue. He was forthright and didn't try to spin the narrative as as he stated. We're collectively living through the most harrowing crisis of our lifetime. And as it began to unfold, global travel came to a standstill. So now he's informing them of what happened, how this happened. Given background, Airbnb's business has been hit hard with the revenue this year forecasted to be less than half of what we learned in 2019. Again, this is a 2020 article. In response, we raised $2 billion in capital and dramatically cut costs and touched nearly every corner of Airbnb. So even he's sharing figures and facts and numbers. And again, remember the better.com example. Hey, note that $750 million, um, you know, uh, that 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 investment pretty much that they received wasn't shared. But again, this open transparency that... Is being shared here was important, right? He also assured the staff that the decisions are not a reflection of work, of the work from the people on these teams. Chesky thanked his employees by saying, "We have great people leaving Airbnb, and other companies will be lucky to have them." So it it wasn't about this is what you guys did, right? We're, we're, we we want to bring on a lean and mean team. All that was put aside. I want to thank you for how you served us. Hey, maybe it was two hours, but those two hours still supported that mission and vision. And again, not saying it's right, but it wasn't about that in that moment. The chief executive um, promised that the company will take care of those leaving. They looked at severance packages, equity, healthcare, and job support, and done our best to treat everyone in a compassionate and thoughtful way. His message also said employees in the US will receive 14 weeks of base pay plus an additional one additional week for every year at Airbnb. Tenure will be rounded to the nearest year. And then he even gave an example of a breakdown. So you see the level of care and tact. There was research done. I'm pretty sure that email was read through. Who knows? He might have gotten assistance from HR, but there were so many, there were so many different layers in, um, that, that that you can learn from that showed empathy, support, care, and the approach was so kind. And you're going to give me support after this. Wow. And there's, there's even a breakdown about pay because again, we have to recognize because of a lot of the, the cuts that were happening, um, you know, the government and there were a lot of um, incentives and um, support that the federal government gave as far as those transitions. So there were a lot of aid that was provided, a lot of support that was provided. And again, companies do have options when they can offer employees severance if that is within their budget and so on. But again, careful thought when that conversation came up, I'm imagining individuals at the table, human resources at the table. Okay. We have to let go of X amount of employees. What can we do? How many, how can we prevent it? Okay. What cuts do we have to make? Let's look at our budget. Let's look our finances. Okay. What are the do's and don'ts? What can we do? How can we support them? Okay. All right. And once everything was planned out, Let's let's craft this email. I want to make sure that they know that we care, we appreciate all the work they've do- they've done, and we're going to even support them all the way to the end, even until they transition. Now that shows empathy and care, but on the other side, it was a blame game that even went to an anonymous blog post firing where there is. Some awkward voice and your account is cut. You have no clue of what's happening. You show up and you're fired and have a nice day. We have to do better. We have to do better. Now, this might not apply to you (laughs) and I hope it doesn't. But on the other side of this, I want to really decipher and talk about empathy talk about what we can do moving forward to ensure that we're embedding interpersonal relationships, um, talk a little bit about the social side of emotional intelligence and why that we need to make sure that we're developing this. Because again, we have a lot of individuals who strive to be in leadership roles, but don't really take time to develop them develop themselves prior to. Yes, if you're a business owner and there are certain aspects, you can build your brand and your business without a big team. But there are moments where things blow up and that team is going to be needed. But development is also going to be needed as you move up the ladder. So on the other side of this, let's talk about some um, aspects you want to think about and consider as you continue to grow and develop as a leader. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here for the other half of this message. That'll be back to you in one second. I am so happy that you have tuned into this podcast because you're getting the tools and the strategies to help transform yourself, your organization, your institution, or to prepare you for leadership. But let's take it a bit further. As a organizational learning, development and leadership consultant, I help train and develop leaders to improve their performance, resiliency and diverse with a capital D talent management. So what are you waiting for? Set up a consultation with me now so we can talk about what you can do to create that long-term development plan to really ensure that your company, your organization, or even as you prepare for leadership is on target. If you go to my website, AishaThomas.org, go to the area where you can schedule a consultation and meet with me. And we will get you started on the path of being that transformational, transcending leader, ladies and gentlemen. Let's remember that we all have leadership qualities within us, right? So from my perspective, and research has shown to back me up. <laughs> Leaders are not born, they're developed, right? So individuals do have leadership qualities that um, align with what they say leaders should have. So, you know, individuals do have, like some people have, you know, natural um, interaction skills or, or people skills that is beneficial when it comes to being a leader Or, you know, when it comes to how they engage or how they process or problem solve, it's beneficial for leadership. However, there is an overall development that needs to occur when someone decides to be in a leadership role. So know that there's a difference between, yes, having uh, uh, that innate, we all have influence, which which is what leadership is. But once you get into a role of a leader, that might differ. Yes, there's some basic soft skills or skills altogether that's for, that's needed and required to be effective. But then, of course, when you consider the position, the role, the organization, it might vary just depending on what that specific organization needs, right? Because the mission, um, the industry, and so on might differ. So, um, I pulled up some, you know, in-demand leadership skills out there that say that they say are are needed, right? So things like active listening right? Active listening is so, so important. I've been in so many conversations or dialogue within the past couple of weeks where you see where, and even something that I had to work on where individuals do truly or don't listen, but they listen to respond. And you can tell that's happening because if I'm not even finished with my sentence and you're already responding, were you truly listening to me? Empathy is up there. Right. And we'll define empathy shortly because that's super important, especially with what we just discussed. Communication, the ability to share clear messages and make every make complex ideas easy to understand for everyone. Right. So that's an aspect of communication strategic thinking, creativity, flexibility. Ooh, that's big because things can change literally in a day. I can go from answering the email to a phone, being on the phone call to put it on my training hat because a team member has called and now they need um, a refresher on something like things can shift in a moment or get a hot hot issue dropped on my plate in like a matter of second and now I have to shift completely because now I have to focus on that for the next couple hours or maybe for the rest of the day the ability to turn information into action project planning right business storytelling time management. Positivity. Reliability. A strong leadership vision. The ability to gain the, excuse me, the ability to align the employees with company values and goals. Persuasion skills. Charisma. Recruiting skills. The ability to coach. The ability to help employees find meaning in work. So many different things. And I can't tell you that everybody has gotten or is an expert in every single one of those things, and it's okay. You don't have to be. That's why again, there's a developmental factor. There are things that you might have not needed in one season of leadership that you might not that you might need later on. As I've moved up in rank in the military, I did a. Uh, I've been doing these um, sessions and these lives where I talk about the different things that I've learned. That if I were to recall my 18 years, what things stood out to me as I moved up in the different realm, um, in the rank structure. And it's so interesting to look at the focus points that was required or the shifts that happened as I moved from one rank to another. Now I'm in that visionary stage, policy procedures, big picture <laughs> aspect of leadership, where before I was in discussions about budget and you know big picture impact yes there was conversation and i was in those rooms and i was having those conversations but being that being in that i'm in, i'm responsible for that and now i'm embedding that into my team so they can also so they can be prepared for that when they are moving it up in rank because in my mind if i can get you thinking about that now You'll be ahead of the game when you do get to my rank. Oh my goodness, you've been forward thinking since you were a (laughs) so-and-so. Yeah, right? Because it's about preparation. And for many of us, I want us to really do that self-reflection and ask ourselves, again, we're attracted to the role, we're attracted to the position, but we haven't thought about what comes with it. And for the CEO of Better.com, I wonder if that was a part of the dynamic or the conversation, because you have to think that when certain red flags came up, if there was a pause to address the issue, and we have to do that more as leaders. Sometimes we get so much into the um, the day to day right? Autopilot, we have to knock out these clients. We're so focused on the external, right? We have to work on the external client. We have to get things done for them, you know, hit the goal, hit the target, but we don't take time and pause to do the internal work. I recently had a conversation with my team to talk about the um, weekly sessions that we hold, which I love. And trust me, there's so many times where, you know, it's tempting to cancel our weekly, you know, sessions where we meet, where we do personal development because there's work to be done. But the reason why it's there, it's a standing meeting because we need to have it. So we can pause, we can talk, we can check in, we can connect and we can grow and develop. We can check in and address those issues. I know there's a ton of emails. I know there's a bunch of phone calls, but we need to check in with each other. We need to grow and develop. I need to make sure that you all are um, getting what you need. So let's just pause and, and take this day. And trust me, I know there's so many other emails and things that we need to do, but let's do that so we can make sure that we're growing and developing and we're prioritizing ourselves for the day or for the next couple hours. So point one, I need you to first, when you have seen that, okay, individuals are clocking in two hours and not and okay, let's let's look into that. Let's find out what's really happening. Is that truly a fact? If you find yourself, you know, upset because okay, the stock is not being stocked with water, a certain type of water, is that really a priority? And if it is, then maybe that is something that you need to hire someone else to do, right? Is that something that your team members really need to focus on doing? Is that something that you can do? Or is that even something worth you getting upset over that you could potentially, you know, insult your team, which could potentially um, demotivate them, which could affect productivity? Is it worth it? It's not. Right? So you want to consider those things. So as we pivot to empathy, let me first define it. Empathy is defined as the ability to, and again, we're talking about framing empathy and leadership together, right? What I call empathetic leadership. Um, empathy is the ability to understand and be sens- sensitive to the, the, excuse me, to another person's feelings, thoughts, and actions. Now, if we merge empathy and leadership together, it is a leader who has genuine interest in his or her team members' lives, right? And I'm not saying you have to get all in their personal business, no, <laughs> but just genuine, genuine interest in his or her team members. Let's even take lives out but just genuine interest in your team, your team member, his or hers, right? In your team, the challenges they face, and their overall feelings. That is important. As we're going into um, this new focus in the workplace, this is what's important to team members. I've said in a lot of sessions, a lot of them, and this is it's not about the check anymore. And you you all have heard this. If you've been listening to my podcast, say this a lot. It's not about the check. People want to know you care. They really do. Right? So it, it's something that within the past year and a half, it's a soft skill that's most desired. So when people are asked, what type of leader are you willing to follow? What type of leader are you looking for? This is what they're describing. So this, the components include communication, support, a community focus, a high level of awareness, feeling that they are being taken care of, including inclusion. I'm, you're 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 looking like you're seeking their voice. I need to hear from you, every one of you, regardless of what tier you're on. Approachable, empowered, and motivated. Now, if you think about the Airbnb leader and the Better.com leader, who seems more approachable? And again, I'm not picking on one than the other. Again, these are case studies. Some people have this as a trait, but this skill can be built through empathy building activities. Personal development, professional development, self-assessment, using your ears and eyes, relationship building activities, having simple conversations, looking for red flags and offer support or get support from your HR team, human resources, And again, for you business owners who are looking to bring team members on, you might not have an HR team, right? Maybe you're starting off small, but these are just things to pay attention, pay attention to. Does something seem different? Can you check in and ask questions? Look for those red flags and then ask. Find opportunities to learn from your team. Ask why questions. And then also how can this improve? Because I'm big on, yes, let's talk about the problems, but what solutions can you offer? What are you thinking? Because again, we're at the top or, or in a sense at the top, right? Or, you know, not saying we're above them, but we, our focus point might be different, but because they're in the field and they are navigating uh, certain issues or problems, their insight of how to support or navigate that problem, it's needed because they they might be able to give us some insight, that can really be beneficial in solving that problem. So we need to hear that. And just make sure as you're engaging with your team members, I always talk about it needs to be customized because not everybody requires the same level of engagement. I might have a team member that, hey, the phone call is five minutes. While I have another team member, it might be 15. And that's okay. Short and sweet. And maybe one that's in more detail. That's okay. Everyone might require something different. People will share information about their family, their kids, what they did over the weekend. Those are little nuggets you can grab. You might find that you find some things uh, you will learn that you have some common things with a team member that you can throw out there, right? Maybe a favorite of the similar sports teams that you like. Maybe a restaurant that you like. Maybe you saw something online and you might be like, hey, I see that the new Spider-Man is dropping. I'm a big Marvel fan, by the way. You know, so if anybody says that, you know that uh Spider-Man's coming out, you gonna check it out? Yeah, I can't wait to see deep. You, you think they're gonna bring back all the Peter Parker's? Yeah, I can't, I hope they do. I hope they do. Because listen, if I see them all, I don't I might scream in the movie theater. Like conversations like that. You see how excited I was just now when I talked about that, y'all? I'm so excited. But um anyway, I digress. Love Marvel by the way. Love it. Um anyway. <laughs> but those are the things that you all can talk about. Pick up those little nuggets. Find a new sound of your leadership. But empathy is built by understanding and connecting. That's where interpersonal um relationship is built. That's where connection is built. And there are going to be moments where the conversations are uncomfortable. There will be. Cuts might have to happen. I know it's the worst. It is really the worst that could happen. It really is where someone has to be let go. But it will be a different level of um, response if you've taken time to already build a relationship with the person but also re- recognize the tact in the care when you approach that. And now on the other side of it, the emotional intelligence side, what is social awareness, right? So when it comes to emotional intelligence, there is a self side, understanding yourself. And then there's the other side where there's social awareness. We have to take more time leaders to understand ourselves. I say this all the time. The way that we, How we show up in the world or in the world of professional, the professional arena, right? The professional world is really based off of our personal experiences. How the world shaped us. Our first bubbles. Our family dynamics. How we learned about teams was from the first teams we experienced in our household, in our communities. How we learned about leadership was from those first leadership roles we were in from school college sports teams that you played in even in your home and now you take this information you learned in those bubbles and now you go into the professional world and you want you're going to maybe make a lot of mistakes and going to learn some new things and then if you have mentors and the right guidance along the way you'll make some adjustments and you might drop some balls and you have, might have to realize, oh, I need to make some adjustments. And when you do recognize, okay, I'm hitting some walls, again, we we see and we heard examples that within better.com that there was basically workplace bullying where someone had to put on be put on pretty much administrative leave. So the culture was already, you know, not necessarily the best. That should have been addressed. that should have been addressed. Why was a culture that way? We saw that there was you know conversations that hey this this could have happened a few months ago. Why wasn't communication happen happening prior to so what what' what's happening within that leader? that caused them to respond that way? Why weren't these things being addressed in an effective way, not ineffective? Because yes, maybe it was being addressed, but was it effective? No. And I'm not saying that every single person on that call was innocent. But there is another layer or level of responsibility we have when we sit in those leader leadership roles. We do. We have to be a step above. We have to show up a little bit. You know, we have to show up and and be the example, not saying we have to be perfect. But we have to ensure that we try to navigate things the best way possible. And note that at Better.com, that following this, that there were some resignations that occurred because of of following the layoffs by some executives. And it stated that, you know, there were some, some things that were addressed by those executives that weren't listened to. So you have the head of marketing that left the head of public relations, excuse me, relations, and the vice president of communications that um, left. It says the high-level departures are directly related to CEO Vishal Garg's handling of recent layoffs and at the company and his reportedly reportedly divisive management style. Anyone leaving right is excuse me anyone who is leaving right now. These are folks that have tried to make it work and given their all to the company they believe in, but who ultimately got undermined by a CEO that doesn't take advice from anyone and believes he's always right. And of course they say a source. And again, we don't know if this is factual and actual because you know, we don't know who the source is, but was it, were individuals providing input and insight that weren't getting having their voices heard? Were there individuals trying to say, no, handle it this way and they weren't being heard? Was that what was happening? And that could be frustrating. And please know there are individuals who will stay in an environment that is, quote, unquote, what they call toxic. They will. They'll stay for the love of the people. They'll stay because of finances. They'll stay for a multitude of reasons. They will stay because a lot of people asked them, why did you stay? There were people that would do that. And maybe this was what they need and that needed to happen for them to finally say, "Okay, you know what, I'm done. And again, you know, the, they could have been um, too. They could have probably said something earlier as well. I mean, there's so many different aspects and theories you can come from this. But again, this is just an example of, or or the this can be used as a, an example of what we can learn from, so we can show up better as leaders. So we have to again with emotional intelligence, which I am a very a big. Big, 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 big. Again, this might be things that we don't think is important, but I push this. I train on this. Thank goodness for all the organizations and companies who have hired me to come in and speak on this because I see that you all are seeing the shift that, that self side is important, but that social awareness. Once I know myself, I know, you know, I need to work on this. I understand, you know, I need self-awareness. I need to know, okay, this is what I need to work on. This is how I need to navigate uh, my triggers. This is how I need to navigate this. Okay. Now I need to understand the social awareness side, excuse me. That's accurately understanding the emotions and how to influence those emotions So if I have a team member that's coming in and they're struggling or if they're navigating, you know, a a motivation issue, how can I when I had that conversation with them, how can I potentially influence them to see it from another perspective, a positive perspective or just help them navigate that? That's the power of EI. And again, studies have shown that leaders who have a higher level of emotional intelligence do see more success. They are the ones that get higher, higher ratings. It even computes to higher pay. It even computes to them being, um, moving up in positions. So it is extremely important. And it matters because, again, so it's that recognizing and understanding the meaning, function, and motivation behind others, emotional reactions. Engaging in non-judgmental, active, and reflective listening to better understand what others are trying to communicate and why, right? Express empathy, respect, and appreciation effectively, both verbally and nonverbally. So by knowing all that, that's going to be so important when engaging with team members, responding to others who are distressed, being flexible and adaptable, Overcoming barriers to action. So by understanding it, responding effectively, then you'll find yourself really engaging with those individuals in a totally different way. And now you can get those results you're looking for. He wants a lean and mean team. Now you can really work towards getting that lean and mean team and also recognize that there will be times where, yes, there will be individuals who, will not, who might not produce. They might need to transition. And also recognize there might be leaders who just need to put in that work and need to take a step back. And there will be team members lost because of that. Because no one should stay in an environment where they don't feel safe or appreciated. They shouldn't because now you're talking into, now you're pivoting into the side of workplace stress, mental health, and even suicide, which is something that is increasing. And again, I think about those families attached that is, have now potentially lost a mother, a father, brothers and sisters, grandparents. And now that has a secondhand effect because that happens. So acknowledge differences. Practice non-judgmental interpretations. And if you go to the workplace strategies for mental health, they have some great tools on there that will really help you. Respond to those who are emotionally distressed. And again, please note that your HR department, if you have one, get with them, find what resources are available. Like just having that at your desk, if someone is having a breakdown, that goes a long way. I read today in a forum that I'm on for military members of an officer, a major who put in there, I'm navigating PTSD. I am stressed out because I have this team member that is just toxic. I've addressed it to my leadership. They have not done anything and it's triggering me, but I don't want to transition. I don't want to retire. I love my job, but they're not addressing it and I don't know what to do. The other side he talked about is that his identity is so wrapped up in his military career, but that was a whole nother conversation because I'm like, we need to learn how to separate our role and our identity and not merge the two. But that's a separate conversation, John. We need to talk about that separately. But I, in in my response, I said, essentially, as a, I know you, you're passionate about what you do, but we have to recognize at what point where we don't feel safe, protected, when our leadership isn't even responding, when we need to just say, it's time to go. And we will run into places, unfortunately, hopefully you don't, where it's time for you to go as well. And it might be time for that, for you to just transition, either out of the military or to another organization, if possible. And that is a fact. That's why my motto, leaders, is individuals don't typically quit the organization. They typically quit the leader. And that's why you need leadership development. And that is a fact. Most individuals do not quit the organization. They quit you. And you're speaking to someone or, excuse me, you're listening to someone who has been the you. I had to put the work in. That's why I'm passionate about it. I had to do the work. I had to recognize that Aisha was not emotionally intelligent. She wasn't aware She was not leading from an aware space. So when I had that awakening, I had to do the work. And now that I've done the work, it shows in what I'm doing today. And I'm so grateful for the transition I made years ago. So I don't find myself having a similar better.com situation where you get all the way to the top, where now your lack of development gets blown up where the entire world can see. And maybe it doesn't. It might not get be something that's blown up in front of the world. But with Glassdoor, where people can post about the different companies, with social media, you never know. You never know. But even again, even if it doesn't make a blog, even though it might not make social media, do you need to develop? Yes. Leaders are constantly developing. So what have you done this year? What have you done this month? What have you done to develop? Have you checked in? Have you done the work to even I ask yourself, how did I handle that? Can I do that better? Have you checked in with that person that you had that last conversation with? Are you doing what's necessary to just make sure that you are supporting your team members effectively? Are you addressing things ahead of time? Are you considering empathetic leadership? Are you walking in it, living in it, so you don't fall into that category where people are quitting you? So I know we went into a lot today and I hope this has resonated with you today so we don't see this happening again because again, layoffs can't be prevented. But what you can control is how you navigate and how you show grace and empathy in these situations. So remember leaders, again, individuals don't typically quit the organization. They typically quit the leader and that's why you need leadership development. So in 2022, make the plan, make the investment, grow and become better. No pun intended. (laughs) No pun intended. Grow and become better, all right? So you can stand out of being that leader that people want to always work for. I think of leaders that I'm like, if they ever call me up, I would 100% work for them. But I also think about those leaders that if they call me up, no, thank you. (laughs) So I appreciate you guys tuning in today. As always, share this information to anyone that will will benefit from it. And I thank you guys for tuning in. As always, if you want to contact me, AishaThomas.org. If you want to set up a training session, we can talk about empathetic leadership. and We can talk about emotional intelligence walk through this and really embed this in your leaders, please reach out to me, AishaThomas.org and set up a free consultation. Or if you have any questions or concerns, email me, info at AishaThomas.org or follow me on social media platforms, Miss Aisha Thomas. But all that information is on my website. So thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you leave a review. Make sure you like this and just share it, share it, share it because we need more empathetic leaders, all right? You guys have an amazing week and I'll see you guys around. Have a good day. Bye.